What do you think is written here? Stuff we can talk about. Huh? Stuff we can talk about. I mean, sure, it's a thing we can talk about, but it's mostly just a list of things that I was thinking about. Do you know that we're recording right now? Are we? Do you know if we are or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, well, we're recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, this is uh, obviously my girlfriend, Rebecca. Hello. Say what up. What up? Uh, I think she was a little bit nervous coming into this, but it's all good. Uh, we're just sitting here watching some coverage from last year. Um, it's the Brent Hambrick Memorial. We've been watching some Chris Warfield stuff lately. been checking up on how he's doing online, and he seems to be having a little bit of a mental lapse, not liking the game or not liking how he's playing. Don't really know what's exactly going on, but I figured I'd just review this and watch how close he is to actually being as good as Paul McBeth or Max Nichols or any of these other guys, but he's just not... must not be in the right mental state, I don't know. Uh, I saw you shot a few 930-rated rounds at Brent Hambrick this year. So I just kind of wanted to see the difference with him shooting a 1,000-rated round versus 930-rated rounds. But we've been talking a lot about this lately, just about difference in game and where I can take my game. I'm pretty much shooting right around what Chris Warfield is saying he's shooting right now. But during this weekend, he was shooting 1,000-rated rounds. So it's a little bit of a healthy comparison for myself, but... Becca's also over, and I told her she could do some podcasts with me at some point, whatever, but just getting the day started. Not really. It's like 4 o'clock right now, but we've been hanging out for a decent part of the day. Just got done eating, grilling. She made some... uh, Breaded mushrooms. Yeah, breaded mushrooms, whatever. I grilled some burgers on the grill, obviously. (laughs) That's where you grill things. And it's been a decent day so far. I think I'm going to be... We are going to be going to Boardman Park later to play some disc golf with Austin. Um, Obviously, I have a friend named Austin. Uh, He was my RA for the first year. I lived in the dorms at YSU. And the first day I was there... It's kind of funny because I was in marching band at that point. And we got to move in about five days sooner than... Uh, everybody else did because we had to be there early and he saw my name on the list we just obviously joked about our names being the same and living on the same floor Uh, he asked me if I wanted the water or whatever from his room and I just said sure I mean just got done moving in and I saw the frisbees on his his wall Uh, he's been an ultimate player for a long time but now he's starting to get into disc golf and he lives pretty close to that course Not to give away where he's from, but he lives pretty close to the course, and uh, he seems to be enjoying it a lot. I I told him about it a long time ago, but he got into it a little bit, had a lot of RA duties, and then ended up coming back into it and seeing what it's like when he got some free time. He hasn't been the RA this last year. He also lived at home. I don't even know what major the dude is. (laughs) I, I, I know him pretty well, but... We don't really talk about that sort of thing just because we seem to speak on a deeper level whenever possible. It's just about life and the way it's going and what the big picture is. We don't seem to focus on that little 9-to-5 type lifestyle or the college classroom, however it's going. But that's just the way it is. But we should be playing with him later. Just waiting for him to 
message me back. We're supposed to be there in an hour and 45 minutes, but <laughs> we shall see. Um, Trying to just go with it. Yeah, it seems to be the way the day goes every day. <laughs> Obviously, with me waiting for your car or waiting for you to come over to do something. I don't have very many opportunities to do anything outside of that and using your mom's car, or my mom's car, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, I was just brainstorming. I told you about this a few days ago, and I've been writing a lot on... Let's see if this would work like that. Cool. Uh, I've been just writing it down a few things as I was sitting outside. I uh, just went outside, talked about my porch scene a few days or a few podcasts ago, but it's just a pretty interesting little scenario because it's just a little chill spot to hang out, and we actually did that earlier today too, but it's just a little porch with a few trees, a road that somewhat gets used, but not really. Um, you can be in a deep thought process, whatever, and a car goes by, and you're like, holy smokes, well, how long Someone have I been sitting here? Gun. Or Yeah, there's a guy shooting a gun every three minutes today, but... Just a nice, chill little spot. But anyway, I've been writing some stuff down, and <clears throat> it was just like I was feeling this when I was sitting down outside, and it's just like I've always explained it as having a weird feeling. Um, it's not really a feeling that's. It can't really be described. It's just like, oh, hey, I feel a little bit different than 100% sober right now. It's not like you're drunk, high, whatever, taking pills, sore, anything like that. It's just feeling weird, feeling like life makes a little too much sense and you don't really need to think about anything. Or it could be you feel like you don't understand anything and you just want to understand something. But I was just kind of wondering what your take on that is because I know you're kind of a happy-go-lucky person and it's just whatever it is throughout the day, but... No, I feel I feel that way, even if it doesn't seem that way. That should not have gone in. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> More than people think, and I talk to my mom about it all the time. It usually just happens when I'm alone and I haven't been doing anything or I've been doing everything. And then I stop and I just feel, just I just ask myself, like, what is going on? What am I doing? What, do you, what are you doing? Is that a... It sounded negative, but I don't know if that's a negative thought no, or not. No, it's just kind of either way. It's a, It's been negative sometimes lately just because just in an awkward time in life, I suppose. And I'm about to transition out of school, but I'm still in school, but I want to be out of school. And But part of the reason you want to be out of school, it seems, is so that you can make your decision to either keep going with school or going into a work environment. Yeah, that's the next decision. But it's just kind of everything. It's being able to take care of myself, live on my own. For some reason, living at home is a little difficult, and living at school is a little difficult in, in a dorm. It just keeps getting like, yeah, I don't want to be here. I just feel like I need to just move on, but I'm kind of stuck for the time being a little bit. Sure, you're stuck. But at the end of the day, the root of wanting to live on your own, you're still able to provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're still able to do everything that you want to do on your own. You don't need to ask any <clears throat> anyone for any real help. Like 
even just going within you and I, I still have to ask you for help for a vehicle. Like, you're not asking anyone for help for a vehicle. You're not help- asking many people for help at all. Like, it's because you're under your parents' roof doesn't mean you're not by yourself. But still, like, I get the point. It's just you're 95% of the way there. You just want to be 100% of the way there. Yeah, I think that's the frustrating part about it. And, yeah, it's it's not always a negative thing, the feeling uncomfortable, because I'm also really excited to make all the decisions that are coming up, even though they're kind of freaking me out <laughs> a little bit. But, um, yeah. What, what's freaking you out? Just the idea of deciding like where my future goes next because it could go one of many ways honestly I've been only thinking about two options but those aren't the only two options out there at all and that's also scary but it's pretty much like you said just go into the work or continue with education and get another degree and see where that takes me but yeah I don't know (laughs) I wish I did. It's just, I don't know. It seems like you know what you like to do, you just don't know how you want to do it. Yeah, I do. And, I mean, I'm getting an education degree, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to teach in public education by any means. But when I went to the camp, I taught a band camp this weekend, and when I went to this camp, I... Just by the end, they, the kids put on their show for their parents, and I was just, I was so pr- like, I was so proud that they actually did it. And like, kids can do amazing things, and especially having a part in that makes, I don't know, just makes me feel really, really good to have helped even a little bit, mm-hmm. even one kid. I think that's the draw for education for me. There's way more to it than that, but that was just an example. No, yeah, I had I'm just like week. I'm just trying to kind of decide because, like, I was going to school for Spanish education, obviously, but mm-hmm. I was more inclined to be able to tell somebody that I I knew the subject well enough to be able to teach it. Yeah, I teaching is something you can do anywhere. Teaching something you can do in a business uh, setting, you can do it in an office, as a producer, as a uh, agent as anyone, you're mm-hmm. telling them, "Hey, I'm I'm capable of not only learning a subject, but learning how to do things, how to teach it, how to spread it to other people." And I can show this. Um, the way that I learn things I, is that I can learn them well enough to pass it on to someone else. And you might have all the talent you need, but you might not know how to get to where you need to be going. Mm-hmm. And that's where the teacher steps in. Yeah. But that was what I was more inclined to do. Um, I know, obviously, when you add the education thing on top of it, like, we always, we've had this conversation I don't know how many times. Yeah. It's just, like, just the difference between being a middle school teacher and being a high school teacher versus a college professor or a private tutor or whatever you're talking about. They're all going to be different, different mediums of teaching and different rewards for both the student and the teacher, but... I I see teaching as a way more broad spectrum because, especially, especially... It happens every day. What? Everywhere. Teaching happens everywhere. I mean, sure. I mean, you teach me things every day that I didn't know, and 
I'm sure I teach you some things if you didn't yeah, know no, them. Yeah. And but if just, you're able to market yourself in a way, I, I feel like this is sort of just the thought process and why I'm bringing myself to this conclusion. But if you're able to market yourself in a way that you're even able to, to tell someone just that, like, hey, I know this to a point, it's not to say cocky, not to be whatever, but I know whatever it is that you want me to know well enough to help other people to understand it just as well as I do. Mm-hmm. And there are people we're watching right now. There's Paul Macbeth on the screen. He goes around the world teaching disc golf to people. Mm-hmm. He's the best disc golfer in the world, if not the top two for sure. Can't even argue it. Yeah. But the guy he used to tour with does way more of the teaching. Mm-hmm. He does way more of the, the mouth work. He does... All the talking, all of the explanations, everything at these tours they go on. They call it the Sexy Beast Challenges. Uh, um, Paul McBeth. They nickname him Mick Pro, Mick Beast. And then Nate Sexton, Sexy. You get the point. But they go on Sexy sexy Beast Tour and Challenges and whatever. And Nate Sexton, I mean, he's a top ten player. But the best player in the world doesn't give... The lessons nearly as well as this other dude does, and it's because he just doesn't have the knowledge to teach it that well. But yeah, the guy who tours with him is able to see everything that this best person does, and he's also able to teach it because he gets to watch his best friend go through what it takes to be the best in the world. Sometimes being the best in the world, you can't even don't have time to learn it so well that you teach it. You just have to do. You have to perform and perform often. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to do. Other people like Ricky Wysocki don't even have good form. Like, that's just not <laughs> good form. His putting technique is not that great. But he's one of the best disc golfers in the world. And it's yeah. because he just, he can't even talk. Like, it, it sounds so mean. I love the dude to death. I don't even know him. But he's, I know he's a great guy and he means well. But he's not the brightest of, ever, of human beings. He's not able to teach it all that well of a level and he can barely speak but he's been playing for so long he just knows to do 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 go throw go practice go do this go do that this works this doesn't Mm -hmm. and that's all they care about is the immediate results but there's just such a big difference through that um if you have a guy like paul or ricky or someone you need someone following you around coaching you for life teaching you about life doing whatever um that seems to be my biggest thing about education but yeah like you said the immediate results seem to be the most rewarding with the seeing the children's eyes light up as soon as or not even light up and they just don't realize it and they're just doing Mm -hmm. because they're just trying to only worry about doing that but then you get to sit back and watch it happen and be happy about it because they can't think about it at that point yeah there's I mean, I'm in the education program, so I watch people learn how to teach. And that's something that's weird to me, because it's always been kind of a natural thing. There's there's nothing to teaching, but it's there's everything to teaching. So it's kind of like you either have it or you kind of don't have it. And I think you can learn and get better, but there's just like a natural knack for teaching that some people have. And... I think teaching just boils down to a social skill and how well you're yeah. able to communicate with someone and 
give them the information that they're needing to be given at, during that conversation or scenario or whatever, but it just seems like a social skill in understanding your surroundings and how you can make them better. Yeah, and just because you are great at something doesn't mean you can necessarily teach it well, and that's kind of unfortunate, but you, yeah, it's definitely a social thing. Like you were talking with Macbeth and Sexton, and I guess, yeah, I've taken a private lesson with what I consider one of, if not the best, euphonium players in the world. He's pretty much the best. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty great. Steve Mead and... His wife is probably also top four. Yeah. Maybe not four, but CD. I saw I, that. I need to listen to it. She might be top ten, but yeah. still. He was probably the best for a long time. He's getting up there now, but he's amazing. And I was really excited to have a lesson with him. But leading up to it, I was really nervous because I was afraid that he wouldn't really, you know, I I didn't know what his teaching style was going to be like because I've only had a few teachers in my life. And hmm. he was, one of them being your mother. Yeah, which... my mom. And that's a whole different scenario to be talked about in the first place. But. Right. And he would be the first one that actually played the euphonium specifically. So I was really nervous because he's the best in the world. I didn't know if he'd actually be a good teacher or if he'd just kind of listen, listen to me and just tell me everything I was doing wrong or whatever. Because sometimes people just listen and say that's wrong, but they don't tell you how to, they don't know how to help. Mm-hmm. They don't have any strategies to actually help you do anything. But I was lucky, and you were there, and <laughs> he was a really good teacher, actually. I, I enjoyed it. I was going to enjoy it anyway, because he's awesome. But. Yeah, just being in the presence of someone that great gives you right. a sense of acknowledgement and saying, hey, um, if I'm at least going to be able to get a lesson from this guy, um, I'm not wasting his time with it either. I'm... I'm here to get some work done, and he's able to see what I'm doing right and see what I'm doing wrong and be able to help me. It's... What? <laughs> he's just like, oh, it's right there. I thought it was over there. But um. But that's just like, I don't know, it's just a similar, I don't, I don't really know how to explain what I'm thinking right now, but it's just, I don't know. No, I know where, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> But, yeah, there's just, teaching is, yeah, I mean, you said, like, you had an education degree at first, but it just wasn't. I didn't have an education degree. I was aspiring to achieve a teaching degree. And you you don't need the degree to be a good teacher. That's not true. I mean, obviously, no. That's just not true at all. But... You don't need a mom degree to be a good mom. Right. <laughs> That's true. But what you do need is something to show for it. And for a lot of people, that's the degree. And, and that's not necessarily true. Like, I don't know, to be a good, to be considered a good mom, you have to, I don't know. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's going to go very far. I can't say, like, have good kids. To be a good disc golfer, <laughs> you need to shoot a good round as often as possible. Right. It shows. Like, he... Paul Macbeth wins. That's... He wins. Yeah. That's how he's 
so great. And the, I mean, on the backside of that, when he doesn't win, he's still close, but he also still holds a good attitude about it. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm good only on the days that I'm going to be good. Um, something I was talking about the other day, I was we were getting ready to play league, and I was just explaining. I'm a very short-tempered person. Um, Obviously, with the name of the podcast, not so gingerly. I seem to wear my heart on my sleeve and do things the way I want to do them. But it, it shouldn't. Whenever you're trying to do something, especially with a game like golf or anything that takes a mental and physical capability to be able to perform well, I think in order to, in order to call yourself good, you still have to be the best on your worst day. I think that's pretty much important, but. If you can't be if you can't be good on both your good days and your bad days, you either aren't good enough or you don't care enough. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of the root for me. Yeah, and there's also there's just people that don't necessarily care to become the absolute best at something. Sure. If they're just completely okay with being Mediocre, I guess, which sounds like a negative term, but it's just average. Like, they just don't aspire to be the best. And but those people usually shouldn't, or I shouldn't say usually, but it'll make, it, they shouldn't be in the position of teaching ever, in my opinion. Right. Uh, the people aspiring, if you're, especially if you're aspiring to teach people mm-hmm. to only want to be the regular show up, the the level 6 out of 10, the mm-hmm. average player, whatever, Joe from Walnut Street, you shouldn't be teaching in that manner because you might be ruining, there might be a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 20-year-old, 80-year-old yeah. who wants to completely change their life and whatever it is that you're trying to teach them. But you might just say, hey man, this might not be worth your time, uh, just go have a good time and see what happens from it. Mm-hmm. You might say, hey, man, no, I want to become a professional, or I want to get better and do this and that. Like, oh, no, man, no, that's that's not smart. The way to be happy is to just not care about it and just go have a good time and try not to be competitive with people and try just to have fun with it. And that that can, that can ruin a lot of people, and I hear that a lot, especially with the disc golf community. Yeah. It's just like, oh, hey, man, we're just here to have fun. Well, I get that, are, and at the end of the day, sure, if you're not having fun with it, and you're not enjoying your time there, or, I say I have the most fun with disc golf when I'm off the course. I have a lot of fun thinking about it, and seeing how I can get better, and watching people that are better than me. Um, yeah, I get mad when people say, hey man, we're just here to have fun, because... I can have all the fun with disc golf after the course. I have fun with practice. I have fun figuring things out. But mm-hmm. when I'm in the middle of a league round or sitting there playing for money or doing this, that, or the other with it, and it's actually competitive, I'm not there to just have fun. I had all of my fun the <laughs> day before, the night before, the in the warm-up beforehand. Like My goal isn't to have fun during those 18 holes. My goal is to perform to my very best, and that is that. Like, right. It's but, just a different ballpark. Yeah, it's just... It's a different... Attitude, or... I don't know. It's just... People have different reasons to, of doing everything. Like... I, I don't know. You play the euphonium, too. 
you played it in high school, you played it a little bit in college, and you like it, but it's not your goal, I don't think, I shouldn't, like, speak for you, to become the best euphonium player in the world, and to become, you know? Right, no. It just, I think it varies person to person, and around here, for disc golf, it's a lot of just, it's just recreation. It's just something to do after work. It's not like, I gotta go practice, I got a tournament coming up. Sure, but the same goal was for me, okay, so, I know this doesn't apply nearly as directly, but I'm just trying to stay on the same topic as what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a music group and I'm playing euphonium with other people... Not only do I need to pay attention to how well I'm playing for the sake of me, but I also need to make sure that I'm not screwing up anyone else. Um, Yeah. If I'm going to be playing, I need to make sure I'm at least fitting in or trying to become one of the better ones in the group because that's how you get better. If I was just... The important part of that is I wouldn't join these groups if I knew that I wasn't going to be willing to work at it and help myself and help them be a better group and help the mm-hmm. band, whatever. You get the point. Yeah. If I were to only do it recreationally, I would only play it on my own and only play charts with YouTube and just play with those or find other music to learn and practice and find other people that only enjoy playing recreationally or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't show up to events or sign up for things that were only fun-oriented. Um, that sounds really dumb, but, like, even with the disc golf analogy, there are tournaments like the Trilogy Challenge, uh, the Ace Race, this, that, and the other. You pay your money and you get your prizes, and then you have a good time. That's a different story, because your buy-in is basically for these two unreleased discs, three unreleased discs. You have fun, whatever. Yeah. If you're going to a tournament and you're paying money and you either may or may not get your payout or your money back, I guess, unless you play really well and get some uh, money back, Mm -hmm. or if the tournament director and the people running the event are so generous enough to include a player pack with stuff that you're paying in for early. But at those tournaments, I never want to hear anybody say, we are just here for fun. Because this is strictly a competition event. Yeah. There's no there's no meter for how much fun we had. If you want to show up on Thursday night and go have a casual round with your buddies and see how many beers each of you can drink, that can be the fun round. <laughs> but showing up on Saturday morning for the first round of three days when each person paid $85 to play the event, that's not just for fun for me. Yeah, that's, that's different. But there are different levels of people as well and i mean yeah i guess if you're entering a tournament that you pay to enter i'm assuming you're trying to win you know like you're competing some people may not be they might just have a friend that's running the tournament and they want to show appreciation and show their gratitude and add one more person to the roster but that's going a little bit deeper because you might also have a friend who is just trying to get some course recognition and you might want some new feet on the ground or some Mm -hmm. course recommendations. Hey, you might want to move the tee 15 feet back here. Just to get the course some more exposure and see how you can make it a better course, that's a completely different topic. But strictly competition-based here, yeah, I mean, this is also from 
a perspective of wanting to become better. Um, you can also play. You can obviously play in a tournament at a super low level. You can become a professional nobody. Honestly, <laughs> you can be on Twitch. Like they're okay in the gaming world. I'm going to go towards this. Also, I'm not a video gamer, but I just like to learn about different niches and stuff. In the video game world, there is Twitch and there is. It's, which is just a live stream. Uh, there's basically a camera on the screen which you're, that you're playing on. And then there's also a camera on you, your face, your controller, all that stuff, just to see what you're doing. Some people make an incredible amount of money playing tournaments and playing placing well in these tournaments. Other people just get paid to watch for their what they're talking about, who they're advertising, uh, stuff like that, and... It's just a little bit different of a thing, but the people who get... Holy smokes, what is that sound? Do you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. I think it might just be on the screen. Sorry, there's just a little yeah, funky noise. Um, some of the people who are just there recreationally and playing a game and say they're playing a racing game, I don't know, and they're in dead last place the whole time, but they're at least entertaining, they might make more money doing it. So, of course, you can do the recreational side of whatever you want to do, have a good time, be as productive as you want to, but obviously, right now, we're talking about trying to become the top tier of something, uh, trying to become better day in and day out, and trying to share those experiences with either teaching someone or talking about teaching or becoming a teacher and being in the classroom with someone else or... Mm -hmm. Being at one of these events, explaining to someone, oh, I'm trying to get better, I've been playing a lot of events, a lot of leagues, and then on the next hole, they tell you, we're just here to have fun. Sorry, dude, but you're not being a very good friend, it seems. That's, yeah, having fun is fine, as long as, I mean... They're also not seeing the side of it that, for us at that point, because we are trying to get better or because you are trying to become a teacher and learn something to a farther extent, that becomes your fun. Yeah, it's Like, not that process cool of becoming better they, is your fun. Yeah, it's not okay when you mock someone's, like, process of doing something, no matter what. So, like, if you're there to have fun, that's fine. And... Like, it has, like, the respect for what you want to do, it has to go both ways. Like, I guess, when you're on the disc golf course and you're actually trying to practice and do well and someone is just acting like an idiot and being really loud. I have a perfect example. irritating, it's, it's kind of not okay. <laughs> sure. I have the perfect example. There are people that come out on the disc golf course with three discs. I am most of the time out there with a freaking cart full <laughs> of 20 plus discs. Mm-hmm. I've actually limited it pretty well. I'm under 30 now for sure, but I used to be 38 to 45 discs in the cart. Anyway, there are people that come out there with just three discs and want to have a good time, and that's fine. When those kind of people come out, sometimes I'll just bring three discs along too, and I'll just adapt to them and say, hey, let's just go have a good time. Mm-hmm. Or if they have three discs and they want to put some money on it or just have a good time or whatever, sure, I'll bring my cart. We'll still be competitive about it. But that same person that you, if they show up and they're only playing with three discs and they're saying, oh, let's go have a good time. And you say, okay, let's go have a good time. 
if the next time you go out and you say, hey, I want to be competitive today, it might not be competitive with you, but this game of golf allows me to be competitive with the course. So I'm going to be competitive with the course, and he's just saying, hey, no, just have fun. Like, right. Obviously, like you said, the respect isn't reciprocated, but it's just a little a little bit annoying to not see things from both perspectives in that regard, I guess. Yeah, and I think that there is a time and place for both things as well. Like, I'll go back to college, I guess, <laughs> to explain this. So, in music, there's the top group, performing group, and a, a, I guess a lower. I don't want to say lower, but it, that's just how it is. So, there's a top and there's a lower. And usually, or how it should be, I hope, is that the people that are taking it very seriously end up in the top group. And if you are taking it seriously and you're just not there yet, that's like okay, you're in the lower group. But people that do just want to enjoy music and have a good time are still permitted in that lower group. Like I was doing, pretty much. I mean, I was still aspiring a music minor just because, I don't know, I've always had a certain love for just like the kind of things we're doing now. I like production type things. I like entertainment. Mm -hmm. I'm in love with every type of music. Um, Just to have another skill on the plate is beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. I was obviously trying to figure out my life, and I knew music was one of the best things at that time, but music in college led to something for me that a lot of people don't even understand still, and it was just saying fuck you, I'm going to college to do what I want. (laughs) I'm going to be trying to do in my life whatever it is that I feel is going to make me happy. And if that means I have to put a music minor on top of a Spanish education degree just to be an asshole and act like (laughs) I run the show, I'm going to be doing that because it's what makes me happy. And that just seems to be the episode for my life is... I don't care if it fits or makes sense or whatever, but I'm not going to be here to be wasting my time or waste anyone else's time. And that's very important. Like, you're talking about a concert band versus a wind ensemble scenario versus with the concert band being the, the lower-tiered band and the wind ensemble being the higher-tiered band. In my college whatever there's no way even if i was asked like hey man do you want to be in the wind ensemble i'd just say no like whether i was good enough or not to be able to do it i knew that i wasn't going to be devoting or i would never devote as much time towards that style of music that they would and it just wouldn't be fair to them just like if someone invites me to go to a course or disc golf course that i'm not a fan of If I'm friends with you, sure, I might be able to go have a good time, and we can go have a good time. But if you want to be competitive with it and have a good time, I can still be friends with you. I can still have a good time with you, but I'm not going to show up here and try to be competitive because it's wasting your time because I don't like being competitive here. Yeah. So we've almost covered it from all angles already, (laughs) but it's just it's a very in-depth conversation that needs to be had because some respect in that in those regards need to be need to be thought out a little bit little bit farther you might somebody might be just getting into it just like if you were having this conversation with us two years ago about disc golf and i had had 
Nate Sexton or Paul McBeth or Ricky Wysocki come up to me and say, hey man, don't worry about anything, just have fun. I would have expected that to be the way to become a top pro. And that might have been what I wanted at that time, and I might have thought that that's how you get there. But that's not what they say, and that's not normally what anyone says, but being able to see it from that perspective and see the perspective changes through the mentalities or the goals of the individuals and whatever, if you get them mixed up, you can seriously screw up somebody's path because... Mm -hmm. Even now, if somebody was telling me, hey, in order to become the best disc golfer, you have to not care about anything, and you just have to have fun. That's all you have to do, and you'll eventually play as well as you can. I would never think about the score. I would never think about my discs. I would I would be worried about what looks the best as I'm throwing it, the color mm, of the discs, yeah. the, the way the disc flies different from anything else that I've ever thrown. Um, specialty, whatever, that's not what I'm after, ever. Yeah. I'm after results, and it's just a mes- message that sometimes needs cleared up because you don't know if somebody is just getting into something that they absolutely love or if they have not been liking the thing. Like Chris Warfield, he hasn't been liking disc golf as much lately. And if you say something wrong to a person like that in a situation like he is where he thinks, hey, man, this might not be for me anymore. If you say the wrong thing to that guy and you're just like, yeah, just quit. All you want to do is have fun with this game. And if you're not having fun, just stop. Like, stop now. You might be ruining the future for someone just because they need the help there also. Has he been, like, saying that on social media or something? I mean, I'm not trying to point fingers at anyone. It's just... The immediate thing, but yeah, he's he's been saying that he seems to be genuine, genuinely disinterested in the game now, and yeah. he's not having fun with it. But <coughs> I tried to tell him. I was trying to tell him. He was he just kept talking about wanting to get rid of some discs and stuff. He's I think the college life might be right for me, um, and to be and to talk some real talk, whatever now. If anyone needs some discs, let me know. He was talking about getting rid of them and stuff. Mm. And all I said was, you might want to consider getting rid of the mental baggage before you consider getting rid of your actual disc golf bag. Like, it's just, you might wake up tomorrow feeling completely different. I was like, you do you. If you're genuinely disinterested, I get it. But just be careful with this. You're still young and you still have a lot of time to make the decision. I'm the same age as you, and I would love to be in your situation right now with the sponsor, with people knowing who I am, all of this. But just yeah. be careful with whatever decision you're going to be making. The moral of the story is that if someone like me or someone like somebody who who he respects more so than me, he might not respect me at all, I don't really know, but had somebody, Paul Macbeth, commented on his thing and said, hey man, yeah. If you're not having fun, I would just stop playing right this second. Like, you just need to have fun with it. You just need to... If you're not going to have fun, stop right now. Wait, are you saying if he said that if, or he did say No, that I'm though. saying if he if he had said something like that, he could have just ruined his entire life and made him give it up. Right. The same situation almost happened to me. I was thinking I wanted to play college baseball... Right. A lot of people told me I should be I should keep aspiring this. It's been something I've cared about for a long time. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 
well apparent. This is so cool. Joe Rogan has Eddie Bravo on. He just <laughs> went live with him right now. I feel, I don't know. It's, it's like my favorite podcast. Anyway, what was I talking about? Sorry, that just got me. College baseball. Oh, yeah. If I had gone to college baseball, I, I wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> yeah. That's not the life for me. Um, I mean, we just drove to Grove City College the other day, and you said, you see that field? <laughs> That's what my future could have been like. And it was just like a tiny college. The field looked barely any field. better. I have seen high school fields way, way better than that college yeah. field. And it just goes to show you that it depends. Those people, that college, is the same thing as a recreational disc golfer. As the person only playing their guitar in front of the YouTube with Neil Young. Thinking he is playing with Neil Young. But not understanding the difference in the tone qualities and the guitar and the sound setup. And the mindset of a 70 year old legend who has lived through it all. Rather than a 40... uh, four-year-old kid just trying to learn guitar and realizing that Neil Young songs have some pretty simple chord progressions and mm-hmm. something you can learn from. Colleges like that, and especially, maybe not the college, but it's the baseball program at schools like that, that's the equivalent. It's the people not really there to be accomplishing major goals, but to rather just stay in the program yeah, and it's, keep... It's, mm-hmm. Sort of being involved, sort of. Right. And they're... Yeah, it's just... It kind of like high school just continues. And it's like getting a general studies degree and... Oh my god. (laughs) And Going to Ohio State to get a general studies degree. No disrespect to anybody getting a general studies degree. No, complete disrespect to you. If you're getting a general studies degree, go do something you really want to do for the sake of you. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a lot, I just honestly don't know what you can do with a general studies degree, and maybe I'm just ignorant about it, but my immediate reaction is not a whole lot. (laughs) If you have a general studies degree, you're basically saying, I was dedicated enough to keep trying to find out what I wanted to do, I just don't know what I want to do yet. Right. But that's what I'm saying, if you have a degree like that, your journey isn't over, keep aspiring to do something. Yeah. Sure, you you showed yourself and other people that you're able to do that and you're able to be dedicated. Go find the job. Go tell someone. Go explain that sort of story. Hey, man, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was 18 years old, but I knew that I could find some sort of resources. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, I might have learned something that led me to you. I don't know what that was, but the general studies degree might be that. It at least showed me that I was dedicated enough to work for somebody like you, and it just so happened that it gave me enough confidence to come in here and start the conversation with you. Is there anything I can help you with? That might get you in the door right yeah, there. I mean, that's that's a whole. I mean, I never thought of it like that, but like, yeah, all that noise is bad. I oh, know. What is that? I think it's on the TV. It's on the TV yeah. for sure. Okay. Oh, I lost it. Um. Talking about general studies, and you never thought about it that way? Yeah. Um, I don't think taking your time to get somewhere where that you want to go is bad. I think that's a good thing. I think of my aunt, uh, my dad's sister. She mm-hmm. got a degree from Toledo, and she just, like, never used it. Like, I don't know what it was. I feel like it might have been... 
something along the lines of like psychology or something. Mm-hmm. And she realized, oh, yeah, I guess I'm not going to do anything with that. And so she just went back to school to Akron, and she eventually... Wait, 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 wait. I hate when people say that. I'm not going to do anything with this. Or, like, she didn't... <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I was little when this was happening. I feel like either she didn't know what to do with it, or she didn't like what she could do with it. She didn't want to use what she learned or the time she used to make it into her day-to-day profession. Yeah, so... But whether you know it or not, it's still a lesson learned. I don't care if you stub your toe on your way (laughs) through the door into your bedroom. You at least learned that, hey, the wall is there this time. Like, it doesn't matter what experience you have. If you're willing to sit through the whole thing, you are going to get some sort of experience. It's just not... Oh, I'm not using this anymore. <laughs> like, right. you could just, I shouldn't say you're not going to, but you should probably not decide to just, oh, I'm just going to flip the switch to off now. I'm never going to yeah. use this again. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't use that terminology, but my... I didn't well, mean to, yeah. I wasn't like banning you from no. never <laughs> say this again. I'm just like, God damn it, I hate when people yeah. use this because it just comes off a little weird. Yeah. And, I mean, there's some stuff. Yeah, I don't think that's true about anything. Because, what? I mean, I've taken some really not-so-useful classes, I think, from myself. Sure. In college, in high school, and whatever. And But it's not like I'll never, ever use that knowledge again. It'll probably come up. And I just enjoy being an educated person. Like... In general, no matter, and that's not just school educated, that's right. anything, knowledgeable. Being able to sit open. down and pay attention to something rather than just, what's going on? Yeah, exactly, and I mean, I, I don't know, I, I think that if you're going to do something, you might as well do it the best you can, and... Maybe you don't always have to put in a hundred percent effort, but I don't think it's really worth doing if you're not gonna do the best you can. That's you know pretty what much I mean? what I was saying about the whole band thing. Like I yeah. would never show up to a wind ensemble thing and be like, Hey guys, I think I might be good enough to join you. I know I wasn't, but I'm just saying in a different universe. Yeah. If I showed up and said, Hey guys, I might be good enough to join you, but I don't wanna work as hard or care about this as much as you guys do that's not your environment. I don't care who you are or what you stand for. That's not the group of people you should be with because right. don't waste their time. They're not there to waste your time. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing about college, I think, is because it ain't free. <laughs> sure. And It is for somebody or some people. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Sometimes you... you Time is money, and if you're wasting your time, you're... It is, and... Yeah, unless you are fortunate enough to get some kind of aid, then it's not free, and that adds up. And that's the tricky part, because if you don't know... If you get a degree, and you end up... I just thought of something super... and then... What? I'm sorry. This is along the same lines. I'll just have to cut (laughs) you off. If people used... The time they had left on Earth. They made a movie into this, and it's really interesting, but I think it needs articulated again. If people used the time they had left on this Earth as wisely as they could use currency, I feel like money, Mm -hmm. 
if they if their only meter for how successful they are in life is how wisely they used their remaining living days. If that was the judgment on how well they're succeeding in life and how happy they are, and your meter of happiness and success determined what kind of house you had and what car, kind of car you could afford and what kind of groceries you could buy, having a currency of how much you care about life instead of a currency that we just agree that works because it's written on a piece of paper and stored away in a computer, mm-hmm. the world might become a better place. I, if you could make a currency into a type of reward system onto... Which was the original goal. I mean, the original goal of money was to be able to say... I, I was trying to say this to you a few days ago, but it just wasn't coming out so clearly. The whole point of money and currency was to show that the bartering system before the hand-to-hand trading, it was just to show your your how you fit in your community. Uh, Farmer Jim made the corn and made the this and that and the other, but he didn't want to sow. So he had to trade his goods with Mother Mary so he could have a blanket to sleep, but she didn't know how to farm, so she needed corn. They traded, life was good. Yeah. We have so many people in this universe right now that... You just can't do that with every single person. You need to at least do something for you and your community. It's the same sort of situation, just with a different storyline in the way that we use it today. But it's it's the same thing. How much, how happy are you willing to make yourself? How happy are you willing to help others? Mm-hmm. And if that could be used as a monetary thing rather than just a greedy thing right now, if we could take it all back to how much are you willing to grow? How much are you willing to sow? How much are you willing to befriend mm-hmm. in order to make your money? You might be able to become a millionaire just by tomorrow if you just decide, hey, I'm going to be a better person. Yeah, like you're rewarded for being a good person. Literal karma. (laughs) Karma for currency. And I was thinking about this a little bit yesterday, and it just seemed a little, a little, whatever. But yesterday when we were playing league, I I won a decent amount of money at league. I played really well and won a a lot of the little side things. But I also had a good time with a lot of good people. And I also ended up having a good time with a guy that I didn't want to have a good time with. And I didn't think I was going to be having a good time with because he's seemed to be a little bit of a stalker and annoying (laughs) and whatever. But eventually I just told myself, hey, I have to let this go because he wants to be nice to me and he wants to be my friend. I can choose to be his friend or I can choose to waste both of our times and not enjoy this. And I ended up having a decent run of the day, end of the day with the dude. And it's just like all of that karma seemed to have paid off right away. Like, at the league, I had a great time. I played extremely well. I had a good time after league. A buddy of mine wanted me to come hang out afterward. And I said, well, I was wanting to say it. I said to myself, dude, I'm way too freaking tired for this. I just want to go to bed. I just want to go home. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We can hang out tomorrow, do whatever. But I was like, you know what? It's been a good day. Um... I've had a decent time today, so if I need to go hang out with someone for a little while, let's just go hang out with someone for a little while. And I don't know, it was just like, I I was trying to remind myself that I was trying to do good, not just for me, but for other people too, because 
this show isn't all about me. But the whole point of this is that this kind of thing can turn into money. It can turn into more opportunities. Having friendships and even just having people over, helping them do whatever you can, it might lead into a way bigger, way bigger opportunity just because they see how willing you are to be a decent human being towards them and how fair you'll be and how good of a friend you'll be and how well you can communicate with them. It all leads into a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And if you're not trying to become a better person or be as good of a person or better, there's always this baseball rule that my, i got to give him a shout-out. Todd Thurber, Chase Thurber's dad, he's one of the coolest human beings I've ever met in my life. He would always tell us we had to leave the dugout cleaner than we left it. He was my baseball coach. He said, "You, when you're leaving this dugout, when you're picking all your stuff up, you have to leave this thing cleaner than you left it. Cleaner than when you got there? Cleaner than when you got there. Or than you got, yeah, cleaner than when you left it. Cleaner than what you found it as. <laughs> I, whatever. Stop saying it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, I was like, oh, wow, okay, I, I know what you're trying to say. Anyway, it was just, it hit me, and I try to do that. I try to think about that, even with friends. It's like, try to leave them in a better mood than you showed up with. Right. I don't care if they showed up with a high five and a smile and a hug. See if you can leave them with a tighter hug and a harder high five and a better mood and make them want to text you when you got get home, like, hey, when are we hanging out next? Not, oh, shit. I don't know if I want to see him at all this week. Yeah. But all of this can turn into friendships, money, life, any business opportunities, anything. But it's easy to look at the narrow, thin perspective and just say, he's annoying right now. I don't want to be dealing with this or I don't have time for this today. Because they might not be saying that they don't have time for you at that point. So Right. There's, yeah. I Number one, I think it's way more... I think it's easier and takes a lot less effort to be kind and just generous and just, I don't know, happy than it is to be frustrated and annoyed and grumpy. I think it takes a lot less energy. And honestly... It does take a lot less energy, but that's the point. Yeah. We... It's so easy to get caught up in that energy. Um, Like for me, it's so much easier for me to just... Anything you say, it's so easy for me to just say, no, I don't agree. Mm -hmm. But it's not that... It's just the way that I approach things. It's not that I agree. It's that I have a different viewpoint also. Yeah. And being able to think a different way than other, other people might seem... Like, you're going against that, or you're retaliating, or you're not agreeing with them, or you're starting trying to start trouble. But really, it just might be that you're trying to... Um, you're trying to vibe with them. You're trying to understand what they're saying, or share your experience with them. But it might not get taken that way. Mm-hmm. And you might just give up and say, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to try to get this person to understand where I'm coming from anymore so it's just done mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's such a little little change but it's mm-hmm. so much easier for me to be a friend through sharing my experiences and differing from people yeah I've probably 
I've taken almost everything that you have said so far and said, oh, wait, well, I see it this way. Mm -hmm. But that's how I like, that's how I bond with people. You bond with people by saying, oh, hey, how are you? Like, (laughs) you try to be super nice to them. I don't try to be. You just are. Okay, sure. You sometimes give them respect that you would give any good person all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I try to judge the person, see what kind of respect they're giving me, and try to reciprocate that kind of respect back. Or better. But mm -hmm. sometimes it goes past the point of... It's like like the saying that all... There is no such thing as a bad idea. Sure, there is such (laughs) thing as a bad idea. Like, that's how we evolve. That's how we get better with things. And I don't care if you what you say right now is so is a hundred percent true, and because I have a different thing to say, let's say this backwards. I don't care if I have something to say that's true right this second. Like we're watching disc golf still right now. Mm-hmm. This hole is four hundred eighty feet, and you say no, it's not. It's five hundred and twenty feet. I'm like no, it's four hundred and eighty <laughs> feet. It's just a fact. We're watching a video. You might have played this course yesterday, mm-hmm. saw that it's hole five, and when you were there, it was 510 feet, not 480. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting here and we're both arguing, but both of us are right. Right. It's just a different perspective. Yeah. And it might not be seen the same way, but because two people are both living it through a different mm-hmm. experience, it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And it can't even be measured at that point because... At the end of the day, you're both laughing at it. It's like, oh, shit, we're both right here. <laughs> but it's just a different scenario. It's a different perspective. It happens day to day. It doesn't matter what you're talking about, what experience it is. It could be the same exact thing as somebody else, but you have to give them the time and the effort and give them the understanding that their situation might just be a little bit different than yours. Right. I mean, that happens, like you said, it's, that happens every day. It's... I feel like that's the root of most arguments is just a a misunderstanding most of the time. Because sure. even and I try to tell people Or this, too vivid of an understanding because they right. they've lived that experience so many times in only one way. Mm-hmm. But the other person has lived through a super similar experience in a very different way so many times they can't see it from each other's perspective. Right. And that takes, it does take work to be able to do that, to just shut off what you were thinking and just try to see it a completely different way. And that's not the easiest thing to do whatsoever, but it does come up all the time and you have to be able to do that or you, number one, I think you will be like a nightmare to be, like, if you can't do that, no one will want to do something, like, you know what I mean? I seem to do, like, I have to do it right now. I literally just purposefully ignored you because I know <laughs> I might not remember to say this. I get so into what other people are saying to me mm-hmm. that there will be times I forget what it's about, what I'm about to say. Yeah. You have to literally turn off ex- everything, everything that you are saying, mm-hmm. and live your thought process through the other person's mouth listen to exactly what they're saying as if you were saying it yourself and expect okay if i was hearing this from my own mouth what would be my own thought process on it 
you and I can learn way more than you can you and I can learn way more doing that sort of thing and listening to each other as vividly as possible trying to realize the exact thought process of every single word mm-hmm. rather than listening for ways to pick out each other's differences and learn ways to well I heard it differently from from someone else so you must be wrong mm-hmm. it's just it's a way different perspective but it's just so much easier to do that kind of thing but there'll be times where I get so deep into that other experience and like you're saying it's hard to do that kind of thing I try so hard that there are times like the whole, the whole point of me saying this is I try so hard to do those sort of things now that I just I'll forget what I'm thinking I'll forget what I'm saying I'll forget the point I tried to make and I'm like dude what is going on I don't remember <laughs> any of this but it's because I'm trying to care so much about what they're trying to get across that I'm just like, I don't care about myself anymore. Forget what I'm thinking. I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah. And it's it's almost like the reverse demon of it because I care. So, I start to care so little about myself and only want to help other people that it's just like, it gets seen as a way different thing because it's like, dude, are you even listening to me? It's like, yes, but I'm, I'm listening too deep because I don't even remember what I wanted to say now. <laughs> yeah. Just keep talking. Like, I'm interested and I'm really trying to listen, but I want to help you so bad that I can't think right now. Yeah. I think I just did it because I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it's important. It's, it's uh, I forget who said this. It's probably some. It's definitely I heard from something of Joe Rogan. I just don't know if it was on from his mouth or one of his guests. But you should be living life as if you were experience, like the conversation you and I are having. I should be imagining that I'm holding a conversation with myself. You should be trying to live your life as if you're experiencing other people. From your own perspective. Treat others as if it were you experiencing yourself in another life. And that's the end of the day for me. I mean, it's hard to do every single day, every single person you see. But I try to catch myself as often as I can to be able to say that exact thing. Right, and that's that's hard, but it is possible. And I mean, that... That just makes me think about how we just explain how we treat people, like, you and I, differently. And I, I really do, it's true, I try very hard to just be kind to every single person I meet, because... Because you, you want every single person to be kind to you. It, probably. I do. As Why wouldn't as, you? <laughs> you know, it's a... But for me, I, okay, so this is just, this sums it up right here. I want every single person to be as real with me as they possibly can, so I just try to do the same thing. Okay. We it's... might both have an ego issue right there because we're <laughs> treating each other, or we're treating other people how we want to be treated in that life, not... We're not taking them into consideration and treating them as if they wanted to be treated. Mm-hmm. People say treat others as if you, how you would want to be treated as well. Mm-hmm. The, it's called the golden rule. But So then I, I always call this, I think it's Jordan Peterson. I don't know who it was, but maybe not. They said it's the platinum rule. Treat others as if it were you experiencing life through another pair of eyes. But the real rule might be treat others as if they, or treat others how they want to be treated. 
Yeah. Because you should be giving them the respect that they want just as if they should be giving you the respect that you want. So we made a new rule? <laughs> I don't know. It's above platinum. I mean, there's gold, Titanium. platinum. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just seems to yeah. me like it's it's one step further in the enlightenment. It sounds such a bullshit thing to say, but like... No. Seriously, if... If you and I are talking and I'm like, hey, listen, you know that's not my thought process. You know that's not what I want to do. If we show up to a hundred foot hole and you hand me a a driver, I'm like, you know I'm not throwing that. (laughs) It's just a thing. It's just like that. It's like you're not treating me as if I'm playing this round. Mm -hmm. You're treating me as if you were treating, you were playing this round. And it's just not the perspective that people want, Mm -hmm. want to be given. Right. No, that's a really good point. I think I think it also changes, of course, like over time because that's you have to be able to know how someone would want to be treated. And sure. sometimes you don't get that far. Like you don't get to know them that well. Like I That's where common Mar- sense respect comes in though. Yeah, and that's kind of why I just go with being nice to everyone because sure. that's kind of just it's better than being mean to everyone because Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean i mean like at marching band last night there might have been 50 people there and out of like 175 or so that are going to be there Mm -hmm. and i mean i may know like 20 on a decent level Mm -hmm. but maybe like 10 on a i really know them level the rest of them not really. I don't really know them, but they, you know, mm-hmm. they know me. I know them, so I'm just... It's super weird with people like that because, like, okay, everyone, I'm assuming, everyone in the band who you don't know has heard, hey, the band, uh, oh my god, I'm forgetting your title. Drum major. The drum major <laughs> is Rebecca Shelton. Like, yeah. They know as soon as you're introduced that you are their leader for the year. Mm-hmm. They know you. You don't know them. Right. It's just a, That's such a weird thing. It is. It's weird to think about that kind of thing, but it's true. Every yeah. time... It's it's weird for me every time I upload a podcast. I know... Every single person knows who is talking. It's me and you. Yeah. Where I'm uploading to. How they saw my video, or how they saw my link, whether it was Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere I'm uploading this. If a friend told them about it, whatever. I don't even know who's watching my video. Yeah, I don't know who's listening. Unless no, <laughs> unless somebody's giving me feedback, they're just stalking my life away. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> it's not really okay, but it's okay. Like... That's how you grow respect for people. That's how you grow this sort of thing. And that's what you're saying at the beginning is you just try to treat them with respect by being nice to them. Yeah. I try to treat of. them with respect by... <laughs> I don't know if they want to be treated nicely. Mm-hmm. It sounds so fucking crazy, but th- I have people who are like, hey man, or I've met people in my life. I've had people on my baseball teams who are like... Hey man, if you're gonna talk to me on the field, like, don't treat me nice. Just, just yell at me. Like, mm-hmm. my dad's been my coach my whole life. I've never had a single person talk to me on the field. Just yell at me. Like, it just makes more sense to me. And I'm like, 
Hey, Jim, what the fuck you doing, dude? <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, sorry, man. He's being nice back. And it's because it's how he had to treat... That's how he had to live life. I don't know a single gym that that happened with, but you <laughs> you run across that thing all the time, and that's me. If I'm being coached, I'd rather have someone be like, hey, dude, you've been doing this wrong for a long time. It's time to fix it, because you've been doing it for too long. Yeah. Also, if it's a little problem, I want someone to be like, hey, man, this is a problem, but... It doesn't really need to be addressed right this second. Just keep it in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Not every scenario needs that treatment. It's like, hey, little Jimmy, I know you stabbed Maria, but <laughs> you might not want to stab people that often. No, Jimmy, never stab people. Not that often. <laughs> never. Never stab people. There's a difference in the situation here, and we need to address it. You don't do that. <laughs> I've... That's how I try to treat people. Yeah. You know, you if you're going to be... It's like goes 360 back to the whole teacher thing you're talking about. I mean, about. sure, yeah. <laughs> it does, but like... There's just a situation in every in everything that... You just don't know exactly what's going on. And nice might not be the exact situation. Like, someone's holding a gun to your head. Hey man, can can you not hold a gun to my head? Rather than... Grabbing their hand, breaking their wrist, punching them in the face, stomping them in the face, killing them, and then driving off. Like, they literally just threatened your life. That gives you permission to threaten theirs also. And if you have to go through with it because they're threatening your life that far. Well, that's just a different situation. No, it's not. It is. It's the same type of thing. Okay, but like, it's how far someone is going with. The daily are not going. To try to do that. Sure. I, of course. But if somebody is going to be... If it's a friend of yours on Facebook... And they comment on your post every single day... Just being like... Hey man, you're a fucking asshole. Like, I don't know why you even bother getting on Facebook. It's better to just delete that person... Mm-hmm. Rather than just... Letting it happen and keep reading their, converse, or their comment every single day. Just... They're treating you like a shit. So just delete it. Whatever. It's fine. But if someone is every day annoying you, if someone is literally just annoying you every single day, but it's because you need to be taught a lesson and it's a reason that you need to be taught, at some point you're going to be like, hey man, this person's trying to help me. I probably shouldn't be deleting this person. Mm -hmm. Like I need to keep listening to them. And that's just... That's the end of the conversation for that. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just... It's all about being able to read a situation. And that also comes back to the whole trying to understand it in multiple ways. Because you have to be able to decipher what's going, what's actually going on. Because you might be feeling attacked by that person at first. Mm-hmm. But then you have to think and be like, oh, okay, maybe they're actually trying to help me. But in some cases, they're just attacking you and being awful. So in that case, then you have to know when to respect yourself enough to put an end to it and just either be flat out honest with them or just stop it completely. And this sounds it's just like all over the place. This sounds crazy, and it might not be believable, but I've heard a lot of things about like how to behave online, and it's just like I've I've. 
participate in a lot of online forums. Like, I'm on a disc golf subreddit page. I'm on disc golf uh, course review forum page. I'm on a ton of different Facebook groups with how they talk and everything. I'm on podcasts we listen to online. It's just a forum page about people running podcasts. I'm a part of all of these online groups. And you really have to know how to maintain yourself because if you say things through a different perspective or something wrong, you literally have one out of seven billion people in the world that are able to reach you. Any of those people can see that and say, hey, man, you're an asshole. (laughs) Start seeing things from a different perspective. I've learned so much through online comments and uh, forums and conversations like that kind of thing because you don't know who you're talking to. You Mm -hmm. don't know who's responding to you. You don't know what country they're from, what family they grew up in, what their current situation is. Yeah. And you just have to kind of take this robotic, normal, run-of-the-mill route to approach them until you know them better. And until you know how they want to be treated. And I think that's, I mean, that's the root of friendship and relationships and that's how things go. But it's very important to be able to read a scenario like that, in my opinion. Yeah. Some people don't care. Right. Fuck you, you might make me money. And that's seriously all (laughs) some people think about. Yeah. If are you going to make me money and can I make money off of you? Right. It's the same exact thought process, but they've thought of it from both scenarios just with their own self as the center rather than hey man, can I make you a few bucks while you help me make a few bucks also. Mm-hmm. That's how you make a business and that's how you make a wealthy uh, a successful business in my opinion, but There are those people that are just saying, hey, are you going to help us make money? And that's all they care about. Mm -hmm. Same thing with friendship. Are you going to be a good friend to me? Yes or no? They don't even bother thinking as far to saying, hey, am I going to be a good friend to you? Yeah, it's... Actually, kind of, I don't know what the what word I should use, but I'm going to use terrifying about how, just how different people in general are now, even compared to when I was younger. Terrifying? Just, it, Sorry, it's I'll let you finish the thought. Because, but. like, especially with the online thing, because people are just so quick to be judgmental to put their two cents in about something that they really don't understand. Or maybe they do, but some of the time they don't really understand. Sure. Like, I was watching... What was I watching? Oh, when that accident happened at the Ohio State Fair, there was, like, a breaking news thing. It was live, and so people can comment live, and their comments show up Mm -hmm. as it's going. And just the horrible things people were just spewing about everything, about the people, about... The people that it happened to, about the people that were running the rides, about everything. And it's like, that wouldn't have been able to occur, what, I don't know, 15 years ago? It would be even worse. It would be, but it wouldn't be so instantaneous and at the fingertips of billions of people to read your thoughts about something. You would watch it on TV, on the news in your living room, and your wife would hear about it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. 
And then your friends would hear about it at a dinner party because you just talk a lot. But it's this is how like the people can just... I mean, it's great. It is a fantastic thing, but it's also a bad thing sometimes. Just bad. It's the best thing. It's the perfect thing. Because it's the way people get over it very quickly. Don't take that as a bad thing. It's not like, oh, this dude died. Time to get over it. Mm-hmm. It's time for people to absolutely unleash every single thought at once. I'm sure millions of those comments were saying, what in the world are those inspectors doing for those rides? Mm -hmm. Instead of having one person say that every day for 10 years because the story took that long to go through, it just reached 10 million people in one day and they were all able to comment comment on it within an hour. Yeah. Instantaneous feedback. Let's get better right this second. Mm -hmm. We just made this cell phone yesterday. Samsung, go make a better one so that we can make a better one tomorrow. And Samsung can make a better one the next day. It's instantaneous feedback. It's perfect. It's the way that we are going to evolve faster than any other species ever has ever Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to use alternate intelligences and artificial intelligences like computers and robots. And we're going to eventually not even need human beings. But because we're creating this, we're going to figure out a way to help ourselves work with it. Because at the end of the day, we were still the first ones able to be able to figure this stuff out. It's instantaneous feedback. We created all of this. But we're also smart enough to be able to handle it, in my opinion. At this point in the day and age, we should uh, we should be able to handle it, is what I'm saying. We should be able to sit here and have a conversation, just like you and I are, and to be able to say that, hey, all of this stuff is going to be able to happen. We're going to have millions of people seeing this at a time instead of 20 people per day. We can keep this on the hush-hush for as long as we want. No. Never again. It'll never be a single thing ever again. But because of that, we've come a long way with human rights. We've come a long way with laws. We've come a long way with people seeing all of the terrible things that people can do. Mm-hmm. We are constantly checking on one another, making sure that everyone is okay. The same goes for the negative. If somebody's having a bad day on Facebook and they decide to post about it, you can see right away and make that person feel better in an instant. Mm-hmm. Somebody might want to kill themselves in 20 minutes, but right this second they said, I'm just having a bad day today. And within that 20 minutes, it escalates to the point that they want to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. But because their aunt commented on their Facebook, love you, hugs and kisses, he starts thinking about his aunt and his family. And his daughters, and his dog, and his job, and he just got—he's going to get paid tomorrow, so he gets to feed his family, and he gets to go buy his daughter some fruit snacks that she liked, and he actually gets to get the right brand this time because he got the wrong one last time, so she'll be happy this time. He's done thinking about it, and it's instant rather mm-hmm. than that twenty minutes that he might have decided to escalate it as far as possible. Like you said earlier, I'm taking this to the exact extreme, but let's get this stuff to the real first, because on the biggest picture, it needs to also be able to work. But I think instant feedback is the way that this world needs to go. 
I think having that instantaneous feedback is a stab to the heart and a stab to the ego. A lot of people might not think they can handle, but as soon as you realize that you do not matter as much as the situation matters and other people's um, perspective on it might matter more so than yours does as that, at that moment, or it might matter just as much as yours does as at that moment, you need to realize every single other scenario just as well as you realize yours. It like I just went on a rant, but no, it's it's okay. It's it's not a, like you said. There, it's one of the best things ever that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. That's ever been invented. That's ever that ever will be invented. And was created keep, on purpose, right? That will continue to grow and adapt until I don't even know. <laughs> I don't really know. Either it will keep growing until we either kill ourselves because we can't handle it. Or it will keep growing and let us become the people that we talk about wanting to become and create the children and the grandchildren of the world who are a hundred million times better than what we are because they used the stuff better than we did. It can either end in a terrible, catastrophic mess or we can keep working at it and keep doing it the way we need to do it. Just like as if you were drinking a cup of coffee. You can either set it down and let it become cold, or you can finish that bitch and let it taste delicious. Yeah, I think it's terrifying because it brings out the best in pe- the best that human beings have and are, mm-hmm. but also the worst in a matter of seconds. Sure. Like, it can go absolutely both ways, and it can be exactly what someone needs or exactly what pushes someone over the edge. You might post a video tomorrow of you playing the euphonium and it gets a hundred million views. And you get paid one million dollars for <laughs> how many how much outreach you've had. And because you have a Wilson horn, they might also pay you ten thousand dollars for getting their brand ten million people to view it. Mm-hmm. There might not have been a single person that saw that video that actually liked it. But you just got paid like crazy because you got YouTube views, you got Wilson views, and you reached out to someone, 10 million someones, and you got them exposure whether they liked it or not. Right. It's it's a different world. At that point, it's if you can handle what they say. Sure. It's just a way different perspective, and it's a risk-reward type. It's a huge risk-reward type uh, living standard that we live living standard that we live by that sounds weird Mm -hmm. living standard that we have created but it's also our job to maintain it yeah we are literally out of time (laughs) on both my podcast and this thing uh we need to meet austin in like 40 minutes so we need to get going but okay it has been a very busy day my friends it's been an hour and 20 some freaking minutes since we started talking but (laughs) it's very fun uh it goes quick and Just like that, she's not nervous anymore. (laughs) It's been a good time, guys. I should be back tomorrow by myself, I'm assuming. Or if... Eh, no, Becca has to work. I'll try to find a guest for tomorrow. I've been slacking like crazy making these podcasts, but... I'm trying to make a dollar or two just to pay some bills on the side, so... Sponsorship ideas would be amazing right now, but it's just not how life's working right this second, so... I'm going to keep being a good person as well as a person 
as good of a person as I can be, <laughs> as well of a human being to other people as I can be is what I wanted to say. But I'm going to keep doing me. I'm going to help other people keep doing them and see where we can go along the road. Until next time, thanks for listening, guys, and check you later.